0: Welcome to the Guitar Omni podcast. I'm Carl Woolwind of Columbus Classical Guitar. Each episode we'll chat with a featured guest from the classical guitar world. Candid conversations, unique experiences, and career observations from the people who best know the guitar. This is your masterclass in life and the guitar. For more information and past episodes, please visit ColumbusClassicalGuitar.com or see Carl Woolwind Guitarist on Facebook. So here on the Guitar On My Knee podcast, we are uh, talking to Tony Morris, and, and among other things, he's known as the host of the Classical Guitar Live radio program, which is amazingly successful. Um, and he's, he's, uh, he's based in Austin, Texas, but the, the radio show, I believe it's in all 50 states now, right?
1: Uh, not all 50 states, but it's on over 200-something stations. That's fantastic, man. That so, is that is great.
0: How how long have you been doing that show?
1: I uh, started doing it in nineteen ninety three, straight out of grad school. Wow. And, yeah, and got it uh, nationally distributed January of ninety seven. So, coming up on the twentieth, twenty fifth anniversary of national broadcasts. You know, mainly on NPR stations. Wow, that's that that's something else, and that that's through PRX, right? Yeah, it is now. I used to. Yeah. Early on, um, I used to use uh, NPR distribution, and this was pre, you know, starting in 97, that was pre-internet days, so it was actually right. on the satellite. I would have to uh, take an audio file of the show on Dat Tape. Remember that Tape? Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those are awful. Take it to uh, the NPR satellite uplink, which was also in Austin at uh, KUT radio. And then uh, every Wednesday at 1300 Eastern, it goes, they would play the DAT tape. It beams it up to the, by microwave dish to the satellite in outer space. The satellite's in a geosynchronous orbit at 22,000 miles out on the equator. And it instantly beams it back. And then all the stations that wanted to carry it, they would tape the satellite feed and then they would play the, the tape on their, very complicated, you know. Unbelievable, and now, now you just hit enter and <laughs> upload <laughs> right. it. Right? Yeah. yeah, it's on the internet now. It's way way easier. Way so you're actually,
0: and you were you were saying before we, we we started recording, you were saying that you're uh, you're doing it all at home now because of the pandemic, and uh, right. and I guess that's the way of the the radio world. Um, did you have to? I mean, did did you need anything other than a broadband connection to be able to do that now?
1: Uh, just, just a mic.
0: (laughs) Amazing. Uh, And like, how are, how are you getting the, uh, the material for the shows?
1: Um, well, I, I have a fair amount of stuff that's sent to me, but, uh, now I, uh, I, I look at, at all the new releases. Like I'll, I'll go to, you know, the big record companies like Naxos and, Uh, brilliant Classics, uh, sure. Presto Music out of the UK. There's two Presto Music. There's a Presto Music and then a Presto Music Leamington, which is in the UK. And uh, there's also Netherlands record company or um, Brilliant Classics. Okay. So they're just, like, they're just sending you discs, and you're doing no, no, no. Them. I I, no. I buy stuff. I actually, right. I'm I'm actually buying. <laughs> I'm actually buying people CDs or a Wow! Series. So, luckily, yeah, back in the old days when I was, you know, had zero budget, you know, I would, you know, it's like, well, what did people send me, and I would occasionally buy stuff. But now, I'm buying, you know, new releases, checking all the time, so it's always current, and 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 people will reach out to me and say, hey, I just self-produced a CD, would you listen to it? And I say, sure, and I. And I listen to everything that comes to me. Uh, I can't you know, broadcast everything, um, right? Of course, but you I do. Get. Listen to everything that's sent to me. So,
0: and how? Like, is that is that like your major occupation these days? Are You spending most of your time working on the show, or um, I know you got a lot of other things going on.
1: Yeah, no, no, it's not. Well, actually, one of the good things about the pandemic also is um, I got way more efficient with a radio show, so. I used to go into the studio and record the commentary, you know, the speaking part, right. but now, and I would do the editing at home, but a big problem with editing is the radio show has to be exactly the same length every week. It's got to be 58 minutes, 57 seconds, oh, or it can goodness. be 58, 58, <laughs> you know? and so that, that was the, you know, bane of my existence is getting the math exactly right oh my gosh so um but now uh, since i do the recording the speaking part at home you know i can it's a lot easier to to get it exactly right and then also um i use a i use sony soundforge okay to do the editing and they have a really nice they have two plugins they have a two time stretchers um, and the one is time stretcher elastique, which is, you cannot tell it. So Amazing. if I have, you know, if I try to get things without having to tweak it, but if I have the show and it's like, you know, it turns out to be 60 minutes and 15 seconds, <laughs> I can compress it. I, I go through and edit and I try to get everything, the, um, the show length by just, you know, a few percentage points. Nice. It's completely undetectable.
0: Again, so. amazing, amazing the world that we live in and the stuff Isn't that we it? do. Isn't you it? Know? Yeah. I mean, I know that uh, we're probably both old enough to remember that, uh, you know, when people actually had to go to recording studios and pay yeah, thousands and pens. thousands of thousands of dollars to, yeah. <laughs> you know, do that that kind of thing. And, well, but, you know, yeah.
1: yeah and the cost went down, like in the early days of just distributing the show when I had to do it by satellite that used to cost me, um, $132 an hour to distribute it by satellite. So wow. and I was also paying studio time. So, you know, the show used to cost anywhere from 10,000 to $13,000 a year, just for bare bones production and distribution. And right. you, mind you for the first nine years of doing the show, i wasn't paid to do it so of course right <laughs> um, you know, it's, like, it's like why are you doing this exactly you know yeah. <laughs> I'm not how, doing how, how, the... how
0: did how did that get started for you I, you know was it was it like a really conscious thing or was it just kind of like hey i think i'll try this or...
1: well no it's it's a i think it's a good example or a good case of not getting what you wanted and then actually getting something better instead um in 1993, you know, I was a, as I was graduating, you know, from grad school, and my teacher at University of Texas at Austin, uh, Adam Halsman. Sure. My last semester, he told me he said, "Hey, there's a guitar job opening up at uh, Houston Baptist University." Okay. You know, you know, you interested? In, and I was like, "Yeah." So, and he, the only career advice I'd gotten really was. Um, go to a major town that doesn't have a prominent you know guitarist sure there and then be the guy yeah and give some it, sort yeah. of teaching gig at a college i understand play, this yeah play everywhere, <laughs> play everywhere and be that guy yeah so at that time you know there there are a few guitarists in houston but nobody that was you know kind of known for for doing that um so i tried out you know audition for the job and i thought i had it and um in fact the dean told me that i had the best audition and he told me i was the only one who had a master's degree everybody oh gosh, just right. had a bachelor's and i thought man i got this yeah wrong <laughs> <laughs> Wrong, <laughs> wrong. <laughs> Instead, he hired the
0: guy that he knew. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, which there's a know, lesson, right? You know. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, and and I thought that's so unfair. And then when I got older, I thought, no, that's not unfair. Yeah. You hire people that you know.
0: It's um, it. Yeah. I mean, it might be unfair, but it's it's the way that things go. Well, you know? it's it's and and wouldn't uh, it be? Uh, if We just told yeah. you all people that. <laughs>
1: well, it's and like we, for everything, every. Uh, and every job that I've gotten, um, has been because I had some personal connection.
0: Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. The way it
1: works, you know, and later when I did get a college teaching job, it was because the guy who's leading the post, you know, recommended me. So right. it's like, well, I benefited from it later on. So right. but anyway, but when I, when I thought I had the job, I thought, man, how can I get myself known in Houston? And I and I was kind of brainstorming. And I thought, I don't know what. I'll do. will hit up all the local public radio stations and see if I can do a guitar radio show for free. Oh, there you yeah. go. Oh my so, gosh. So I thought. <laughs> I thought, man, this is a great idea. <laughs> so, and which actually um, is kind of a with what I know now is stupid. Uh, a stupid idea because <laughs> and here's why because Houston that's a top 10 radio market they are okay. not going to hire or even allow to do for free Joe Blow off the street right to do hey come into this top 10 radio market and right. I've got you had no you have no idea though, right? I
0: mean, there's no way you could have <laughs> yeah. known that at the time. So Yeah, I had no way of knowing that. That's, that's I, some hot spot to be going in there, I guess, well, you
1: know. You know, it's like and I, and and it's funny because I was totally terrified about being on the, <laughs> on the air. So, which is, you know, it's it's kind of crazy, you know. But uh, anyway, so I didn't get the job and then I was kind of bummed out for a little bit, but then I was thinking, you know that that guitar radio show idea is still kind of a good idea on its own. I'll just do that here. And so I hit up the local NPR station, KUT. Okay. And at the same time, I also hit up the local, you know, independent classical station, KMFA. And I was really hoping to get on KUT because they're way bigger, you know, NPR. it's,
0: It's NPR and all that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: They're connected with the university, you know, huge, budget and everything versus this tiny little standalone classical station. And so I just kept pestering them for a few months and didn't give up. And then finally, um, the classical station said, okay, well, we'll try it on a trial basis. And if the listeners like it, we'll, you know, we'll see, we'll keep it going. Yeah. So I, i was kind of disappointed i got on kmfa <laughs> to be honest um but actually it's it's actually better that i got on kmfa than kut because you know they've had all you know, kinds of format changes since then and i probably would have been kicked off the air and um they don't do any classical music at all now oh my gosh oh so if I'd, i so it's two cases of if i would have gotten what i wanted right i would have actually gotten the worst deal right, right. Uh, it's like i was thinking thank you god for looking out uh, <laughs> well you know you it's know. it's it's
0: i think i think there's a lot that goes on where you know you try you don't know so you try stuff right right and you know the marbles fall into the grooves that they're supposed to fall into that's right eventually or i don't know i mean it's it, it just seems like we don't have a crystal ball it's not like you could you can plan these things and it, one of the one of the questions i wanted I, I wanted to ask you about the the radio show that just came up just now too is like so when you were when you were pitching this show to the stations how how flushed out an idea fleshed out an idea did you have of what you wanted to do was did you have like a big proposal in place or just like hey i want to do a radio show i mean what was basically it was hey i want to do a radio show yeah yeah and that's <laughs> and that's interesting too right because you know it just takes you know it's like it's the idea it starts with everything starts with those ideas and then you know you never know what's going to come of it and then here you are like what 30 years down the road and right. <laughs> like, right. wow you know?
1: Um, you know it's you know that's a good point that you bring up and it's i was i read this just recently um everything that exists or, or at least man-made thing that was exists began with an idea you know yeah. you know the house you live in began as an idea you know every you know, your phone every piece of machinery to the chair you're sitting in sure someone had to have an idea you know i'm tired of standing if i could just <laughs> you know, I there was only in, this thing yeah if, if there only existed this thing i've been carrying around this big heavy rock if there's something you know a lot lighter
0: yeah you know, one of the things around. I find myself is, you know, saying to young people a lot, and and you know, not not even just, I mean, students for sure, but like, yeah. just in general, is you know, like, you got to try stuff, right? I mean, you, you try yeah. something if you if it's not working out, if you don't like it, you can always do something else later. You know, I, I think, I think it goes in line with that kind of thinking. It's like you know, who, you you don't know, so give it a shot. You don't and and, and as is you know, your experience. Um, proves and i think i think if we all are kind of honest about it i think we'd all kind of agree with the same thing it's you know there's always these tendrils that kind of shoot off that you know you, you would have no idea that, that, that that's how things were going to go you know and right. it's just, you, you throw right. yourself out there and and hope it works out and off you go and, and you wake up the next morning and you're still there you know yeah. <laughs> i always yeah i was like i was used to think of like you know at, at what point it does you know, does my life get canceled? Does somebody say, you know, okay, no, you did that wrong off. And that's not how it goes. You know, you just right. screw up a little bit and then, Oh, you try something else or whatever, and hopefully it works out and and you have good relationships and you take care of business, I guess. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's kind of interesting how that all goes. So, and so in addition to the, the radio show, you're also doing this music and medicine program. Is that, is that the correct name for it? Right. Right.
1: Yeah. Um, that was actually, uh, i you know, when we were both students, you know, Christopher Berg, um, remember he used to have students go and play at retirement homes and yeah. things like that? Mm-hmm. So it was, in a way, it was kind of an offshoot of, of that idea. You know, like he used to say, you know, to pre- prepare us all for our degree recitals, you know, uh, I'm, I'm sure you remember this, he, he would say, you know, it's really hard to play one concert, uh-huh. but it's easy to play 30. You know, right. <laughs> you know, if you go in and if you know you've got to play your, your program 30 times, then it's a different mindset than if, yeah. if you go in and say, well, I've got one shot at this. Right, right. And versus that, you know, you go in and you play your program 30 times or 29 times and then the 30th time you play it for your degree. Well, it's, it's changed a little bit since that, but yeah. I always thought that was a great idea and um when i first came to austin uh back in you know 1990 i got here in october 2nd 1990 and um i think it was yeah it was was like christmas eve or i think it was day before christmas eve um 1990 you know i didn't i don't have any family here i didn't know anybody i didn't have any friends i totally came here to study for school knew nobody had barely enough money to get here um and i I was thinking you know feeling sorry for myself like i am so lonely And and i was thinking well i need to make myself useful so i got a phone book you know remember those you know got a got a phone book and i was thinking well you know Maybe I'll go play at an old folks' home or a hospice or something. So I just looked through the phone book for a hospice, and I called one up, and I said, "Hey, I'm a guitar student at, at UT. Um, you know, would it be okay if I kind of played for patients? You know, Christmas Eve?" And they said, "Sure, come on down." And so my first first performance in Austin, Texas, when I got here, was uh I played at a hospice on Christmas Eve oh, and oh my gosh back then that was at the height of the AIDS epidemic so I oh, played for gosh. uh one AIDS patient and his nurse um on Christmas Eve you know he was, he was like in the last stages you know, his face is, you know, covered with, you know, the Carposy sarcoma, mm-hmm. which is the lesions and everything. Yeah. And, you know, one thing that, you know, Christopher Berg used to tell us is, you know, never underestimate your audience, you know. Right. So I walk wow. into his room, you know, and he goes, oh, classical guitarist, Noni Albanus? And I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, man. And I start, you started to apologize. He said, well, I played Tori Bermeja on my... On well, my degree recital, but I haven't been practicing that. But I've yeah. got some Bach. He said, "Well, I guess that's okay."
0: <laughs> Wait, was he a, was he a guitarist?
1: No, no, he was just a he was just somebody who knew. You know, oh my gosh, he a very yeah. cultured young it's... man, probably early thirties. You know
0: when when I when I first moved to Columbus. Um... You know, I, I did probably like everybody does when they first get out of school, and, and is afraid that you know they're going to starve. And I I, right. I took pretty much every single job I, I could. You know, and I was yeah. gigging like crazy. It took you know it, it's funny because it took me years to realize that I hate playing solo classical guitar background music gigs. You know, it was <laughs> it was like this thing of like I you know, and I always hated it, I never enjoyed it. But yeah, I felt like this is this is my profession. This is what I'm supposed to do. And, And, you know, so it I was just doing a ton of that kind of stuff and and you know what you said about about christopher saying you know don't don't underestimate your audience i always think you never know who's listening because the the number of times that i've i've just been sitting there thinking you know this really is this is awful and i want to go home and i'm so lonely and (laughs) i can't hear myself and you know i just had somebody spill a drink on me you know it's (laughs) like the number of times i've been sitting there thinking and and i've had somebody come up to me and like it's happened several times you know and i and i always think oh you know you got to take this seriously because you never know who's listening you know and, and yeah. it's 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 really easy to to kind of get jaded on that stuff but uh well
1: yeah that's a that's exactly true and i've it's funny you mention that because um i was playing at a restaurant years ago um the president of my of my nonprofit of classical guitar live he and his wife for a while, they, they owned a, a restaurant. I mean, they do other things. It was kind of more of a, more of a, you know, kind of a fun thing for them to do, you know? Yeah. So uh, his wife started up this restaurant and um, so they asked me if I would play at it and I said, sure, but, but right. I'm also a drummer as it was kind of funny because one week I would play as a classical guitarist. And then the next week, I would play as a drummer with, uh, with a jazz group, an acoustic oh, jazz. Group. So it was it was great fun, you know. I was like, I'm a guitarist <laughs> this week. I'm a drummer, you know, playing a set. But one of the weeks when I was playing guitar at the restaurant, which doesn't exist anymore, but um, this lady came up to me and was asking me questions, and I was talking to her, and she. You know, ask what I do, and I told her about the radio show, and I also told her about this PBS program that I was trying to launch, and uh, called American Classic. And she right. goes, "Oh, that that sounds real interesting." And she goes, "That sounds like something um, that that my cousin in Galveston might be interested in." My cousin Peach is down in Galveston, and I thought, "Oh, great," you know, and not thinking thing of it, and then she actually connected me with her cousin peaches in galveston amazing and anyway long story short um we filmed our pilot which is what i'm yeah right now and uh, peaches ended up being my biggest donor um fantastic not only not only that but she and her family got me connected with the uh, galveston the city of Galveston and we got grant money from the city of Galveston Amazing. because it's such as Peaches Kentner, which they have a huge, the Kintners help, helped, helped uh, turn Galveston into the city. It was back in the way back in the 1800s. So they're wow. like one of, you know, there's a Kentner street is one of the huge, most important families. So wow. because of a lady at a restaurant gig, Right. I got my PBS show funded. So amazing! Yeah, you're right. mean, never know. <laughs> now, t-
0: tell me more about that. Cause I, I I've, I've seen, I've yeah. seen your postings on Facebook about yeah. it. And then some of the, some of the video that you, that you yeah. posted and made, made it look really interesting. And that's now that's a different thing from the ghost stories thing, right? Or is that right? Or that, right. Okay. So yeah. the, the, the American classic is what's, what's the premise behind the show?
1: Well, it's a, it's kind of changed. It started out being, um, the idea of basically a house concert in a fancy old house okay but the the which was that idea was proposed by a friend of mine a broadcasting colleague uh woody roberts but we've kind of changed his original idea quite a bit so it's actually the story of some beautiful old historic house and then we tell it we tell that story with uh with music with narration with interviews you get to walk through a house Fantastic. through a house so what we did was we we filmed it we actually filmed it two two years ago and um uh we chose this beautiful old victorian mansion uh called the gresham house now called the bishop's palace uh it's a beautiful house you know architecturally but it's also it has a real important story because um, during the 1900 Galveston hurricane, which is the deadliest natural disaster mm-hmm. in U.S. His history, the husband's away and the wife is there with with you know some of her kids. Some were grown, but uh, with her kids and just kind of the family, the s- staff. You know, it's a big house. It ha- it takes like ten people to run that house. So with the help of she and her nanny and some of the other staff uh they helped bring in these people during this storm and by the end of the night there's like 150 250 oh my gosh 200 people they pulled in this house that they would have died had it not been for them so it's it's a heroic story and you get you know we we filmed, you know, with a drone, so you see on top of this house, all around it. Oh, wow! We got uh, we got a our director of photography, uh, Philip Roy. Um, we we got a motion picture camera, you know, like a really expensive, uh-huh. ARI motion picture camera, which at the time there were only three of those in Austin. And wow. Philip, because I told him I wanted it to look like an old, I want. I wanted it to look like Gone with the Wind. I want it to look like a retro movie. Mm-hmm. So he actually went out and bought, he actually dropped $20,000 on lenses. He got oh. old Hollywood 1940s lenses that you wow. can't buy. He wow. got exactly the same ones that Stanley Kubrick used to shoot with. Oh my gosh. And, and, and you know, these lenses- It must look amazing. They they look totally amazing and they're slightly scratched so sure because they're old and it's funny he was when we were on set he had these lenses and he goes hey come here listen to this and he shook the lens and you he hear all this crash he's like <laughs> like a salt shaker that's all the crap he said that's the magic that's but
0: that's the, what makes it good yeah
1: yeah the thing is the, so there's a warm when you see a light there's this kind of warm yellow haze around sure, it. Sure, sure. But also when you see something's black, it has a slightly blue tinge to it. So when you're looking at it, your, your emotional kind of perception as you're seeing it is light feels really warm. Yeah. And the things that are dark feel really deep and cold. So oh emotionally, you're looking at it and you're having this reaction and you don't know why. Right. You know, it's kind of like you could take a non-musician and play something in minor. And they say, "Oh, that's a sad song." They don't right, know why right. it is it's just... exactly.
0: Yeah, it's so stuff right below the level of, of consciousness. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like that's, you know, you're in fair. that world. Cool. So, so, so is, anyway. is that is that house a residence now, or is it a museum? Or
1: uh, it's now owned by the Galveston uh, Historical Foundation. Okay, and they maintain some historical sites. They also own an 1877 tall, three-masted sailing ship. Wow yeah which we filmed on that too we're we're, oh my gosh that's so cool yeah we're we're, well my friend who was a producer on this project uh uh they're talking about she she may be doing a documentary about that and huh uh, that's kind of in the development stages and i'm supposedly going to be a producer but i I don't know (laughs) that's kind of in the talking stages so it's amazing so so uh, when when
0: when you put the show together for this so this is the pilot right
1: yeah this is the first episode right
0: and do you know when it's gonna when it's gonna air or how's I've the process the, for that i've
1: got to finish the edit real soon um which has been hard because of this quarantine you know my, sure. my editor uh moved up to temple texas which is like you know about hour and a half two hours away so i haven't been able to meet with him and mask and stuff so and now he's working on another project so i've we've got like basically a 42 minute rough edit so i've got to hire another editor to to finish it the rest of the way um so but anyway it's it's kind of worked out well because it's taken so long sure sure you um, well, know it's
0: a, you can you, you take your time to to make it right and if yeah. you're not on any kind of tight tight deadline it's you well, know well my my donors are saying
1: you know where is it so it's like i am on a I'm, I'm, I'm
0: it's coming a it's board. coming
1: yeah it's <laughs> coming i promise i promise
0: <laughs> so uh, and and do you have other episodes like planned for that or
1: uh i've got some in mind you know the whole thing is that it has to first of all it has to be beautiful it has to be photographically beautiful right um and it has to have a story it has to have a story right so did you write it um yeah i I wrote it but i've had lots of help you know the Galveston historical foundation um helped supply me with you know lots of info of course so i have all the architectural details did a ton of research um with the uh, galveston hurricane we went and interviewed a guy who's the national expert on that casey green at the rosenberg museum there we actually got old newspapers uh and i have uh, a librarian from the museum lauren martino who's going through reading off the names of the dead you know it's like oh my god it's like you know so and so family of six you know and we got all these horrible you know photographs of of you know piles of bodies that are oh being burned because they they tried what they did at first you know there's 8000 people that died oh and you know it's the worst natural disaster in US history to this day um so originally they they started filling up these barges these tugboats and then hauling them off you know 10 miles out to sea but then they started washing back, back up on shore. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> so it's like, even when they're weighed down, the thing is, you know, I mean, not to be gross, but this is just how it is, you know, even if you weigh a body down because bodies rise, you know, well, yeah, you can you can tie a rope with weights around it, yeah. well, guess what? Chunks are gonna break off and rise to the surface. Mm. An arm is gonna break, is gonna melt off and it's sure. gonna rise. I mean, sorry. I know. It's horrible. It's horrible. This is actually a true story. Um, I may put this in there. Um, This is documented in this book by uh, Gary Cartwright, who did this great history on Galveston. There was a guy, after the storm, ran into um, the big Catholic church there, and he tells the priest, he he says, my mother-in-law's back, and the priest said, He says, "You know, you're, you know, you're, you're seeing things. You know, your your mother-in-law died in the storm." He goes, "No, I mean, she's back. She washed up. I was on the beach and I saw her corpse." And it's like, "Wow, yeah, what are the odds of that?" Uh, I have this horrible phone. One in eight (laughs) thousand. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, even less than that. I I shouldn't laugh at such things, really. This guy it's this guy he's standing over a body he's identifying his wife's remains by the wedding ring because by this time you know what else is
0: left right yeah
1: we're all bloated and discolored you know um good lord yeah it's like whenever i think i'm having a bad day or (laughs) the whole thing during this whole um snowstorm we had in texas right Power went out, electricity went out, water sure, went out, yeah. and it's like, you know, 50 degrees in my house. I kept thinking of Galveston hurricane. It's like, I'm it having right. a great day. It went all right. You know? Yeah. I actually, you know, I'm not out in the, I'm not surrounded by 8,000 bodies that are yeah. oh. rotting in the sun. <laughs> um, oh. I didn't lose anybody of my family members, you know. Thank God, you know, because I, wow. during this whole thing, I kept thinking, what would Mrs. Gresham do? And right. It's like, well, they, one thing is know, she wouldn't I'm, cry they, like they, a little bitch about it.
0: <laughs> so, Perspective is good, you know. Yeah, it's, it, yeah it's, man. It's Count
1: everything. your blessings. Count your Absolutely. blessings. Absolutely.
0: So when 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 you were doing the show. I mean, it, it's kind of it's not necessarily it's not like a drama. It's not like a, a no. scripted drama with characters and that kind of thing.
1: No, we have we have one reenactor. Um, we have a we have an actress who's kind of playing Mrs. Gresham. Okay. So she's kind of walking through the house. So it's but it's being done with narrators, people we've interviewed. Okay. And then when there's holes in the interviews, there's going to be a voiceover. Right. Um, I'm going to narrate part of it. And then um, a friend of mine who who's uh, has a really great voice, posh British accent, she's a classical announcer, a friend of mine. Perfect. I, I was telling, I was j- semi-joking with her. I said, anytime there's going to be something horrible, it's going to come out of your mouth. Because it sounds, <laughs> it'll, 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 it it sounds way it. better. It sounds way better. No, And I was like... And uh, and I was like, it was like, well, it's like you know, think about it. It's like if I say, you know, eight thousand people, eight thousand bodies, you know, rotting in the sun. And then when she says it, eight thousand bodies rotting in the sun. <laughs> it's, so, it's so much better. Absolutely, oh, it sounds way better. I said, "You're going to be the voice of horrible things."
0: <laughs> yes. how okay, did you, how did oh, you
1: resume? voice of horrible things
0: and you and you played music for it too because i remember seeing some video of you playing you played with a violinist
1: yeah uh, yeah yeah, we have uh, well the idea was yeah i'm playing with a violinist uh emily madonia and another guitarist really great guitarist uh, mark cruz and we also have a percussionist that i played with forever um james spinner he played and mark and james play with me on these yeah. music and medicine things fantastic forever we've we've played over a hundred well james hundreds of them and mark has been playing with me for a few years now he he's played over a hundred of them i think last year we played like 68 times at this wow. time yeah oh so my we gosh. Got, yeah luckily we got some you know uh you know there's all these covid grants sure and i just applied for them it's like it's like Might i well. got most of them yeah um, and so it's like amazing i mean I, I feel sorry for the people that were really badly impacted in 2020 but for us we had a great year right. i mean we we raised a ton of money and we were and it's funny because we usually play at hospitals and because of the quarantine all the hospitals said no visitors Right, but at at the hospice, you know, where people are dying, um, the volunteer coordinator there, um, uh, Philip, that's a friend of mine. He said, "Hey, um, you know, we can't let you in the building because of the quarantine. But I've been hearing about some what some of my colleagues have been doing. If you wouldn't mind, stay outside the building, but go around outside." The windows of each patient room and play a little bit for them you know and because you're slightly amplified they'll still be able to hear the sound and if they want to they can crack their doors open or crack their window
0: yeah so
1: we would do that and so we would play and it worked out great great.
0: it worked out great. great so and i'm you know and during a time probably when you know visitation was was cut off for them and right. things like that. I mean, exactly. here's something that to really reach out to people, you know. There's a um there's a cancer hospital here in, in Columbus that does a, a concert series program. I played different things on it from time to time. Awesome. Um, and it's interesting that the way that they have it set up is you play in the in the lobby.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but they have the audiovisual team for the hospital come and and like make a little movie for you and they broadcast oh, it into patients rooms but that's they right. also have them archived and will rebroadcast them at different times for people so i've you know i've had people you know tell me oh i saw you in you know such and such's room and I'm like really i wasn't there then you know <laughs> but it's but it's really cool that that, that's that, awesome. that that kind of thing is is happening you know and, that is and awesome. uh, so that's awesome Men. With the with the, the the music and medicine program that you're you're doing, is that just in Austin, and, and is is it is it you guys, or do you have like a whole body of musicians that's playing for this? Or well, do you
1: we have reached out uh,
0: to other cities.
1: Well, the way we're doing it now, it's just we're kind of doing it in Austin, but I've been going around to different cities um, to help. Uh, help advise other people that are interested in this Yeah, and and i have like a little one-sheeter when people reach out asking for emails about how they can do that in their their town you know i what i don't want to do is try to be like an administer of a national program and right you know do that but what i what i am doing is saying hey i've been doing this you know now for i don't know how many years So, we've got some best practices that work pretty well. Um, And, you know, we can advise people on, you know, how to do things, what to avoid, what works best. Like, for example, um, when I'm looking to have musicians play, I I always tell them from the outset um, this is service with music as a tool, it's service first and foremost right you know, it's like you know just like if you're a carpenter the thing you're doing is you're building a house you're not there to swing a hammer right and that's been a hard thing for some musicians to understand is you're not here to play your avant-garde piece from your doctoral recital <laughs> for someone who's <laughs> in a lot of pain right now right right you know it's like you serve you, you Like, for example, if you're playing and someone comes up to you and starts talking to you, Stop play, playing. You stop playing and listen to them.
0: Yeah.
1: And so we do that because, you know, sometimes the way that you can best help somebody is to listen to them. Sure. And invariably, they'll realize, you know, they've been talking a while and they'll say, and they'll say oh, I'm sorry. I'm keeping you from playing. Why don't you play some right. more? So, and when we have these trios, you know, we'll be playing, and someone will come up and talk to one of us, and then the other two will will keep playing. Right. And then they'll say, "Oh, my my brother plays guitar," you know, (laughs) uh, which happens, you know, every every gig. Yeah, (laughs) or my my son plays guitar. Actually, this was a thing. One time, I was playing at the hospice. lady said oh my son played guitar and i said oh really you know how old your son and, you know and she goes oh he's he's 32 or something uh he's here right now he's got a brain tumor okay. and it's like oh i'm sorry and she was like would you mind playing in his room for me?" oh i'd love to right. so i'll play in like the lobby and then after i'm done then i'll go sometimes and i'll play in the room her people i had experienced once where i was playing for somebody in their room after i'd played in the big common area this lady who was standing by you know listening to me she looked real familiar but i couldn't place her and then when i got done playing you know she said would you mind come playing for my husband in his room and i said sure and so i played for her and and then at the end of it um she's like like, so, do you remember me? You know, uh, you know, I saw you used to work at Straight. Music. Anyway, it was, it was a guy that I worked with. But when I worked with him, he was a big heavyset guy, and when I saw him, he was completely gone. Oh my god! I totally didn't recognize him. Wow! And then it so it was a case of you know, it was the first time I've actually played for someone that I knew. Right. Uh, I, I've since played you know for other people i've known you know right so fr- you know friends that are in the hospital and things but fortunately uh, nobody uh nobody in the hospice that i knew actually my mom actually both my mom and my dad passed away in hospice last year in 2020 wow. and, sure um, to hear that it, yeah thanks well yeah it's like 2020 was going great for me until that happened right. you know, so right. It's hard so, to lose
0: both of them, you know, sometimes. Yeah, sometime too,
1: yeah six know. weeks apart, too. Oh, good Lord. So I was going to try to play for my mom in hospice, but, you know, we go in, and the, because of the quarantine, sure. it was sure. a, one of those facilities where it's extended living, so there was older people who are not terminal. Right. So it's like you they had to, had to put on your rubber gloves and a big, huge gown, you know, so it's like, oh my I'm not playing with this, so... So it was a case of, you know, in that case, it's just be with your mom, you know, you don't have to play guitar, just be with your mom. So, yeah, yeah. So, but anyway. Wow.
0: I, so, and that's been, so that's, and that's been going on since, since around the same time as the, the radio show, right? The, uh, the yeah, I, Yeah.
1: yeah, I started doing the music and medicine program. Well, actually like with, with you back in the eighties, back when we we're students, but, and then I was playing at old folks' homes and things like that. Right. But then I kind of fine-tuned it, and I was like, how about we just play at hospitals and hospices where people right. are actively dying or patients, right. you know, Getting playing care for, for them, patients. Yeah. And so I'm doing, not really doing the old folks' homes, you know, right. with my program. I've actually been hired um, – by other organizations and some retirement places have reached out and said, Hey, will you play for our, I'll say, sure, sure. 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 But as far as our organization, you know, you've also got
0: a tie in with the, with the radio, with the radio show and music and medicine. Is it like sponsored by the show or just,
1: well, no, well, I set up, um, uh, classical guitar live as its own nonprofit organization. Okay um, years ago, way back in 2003. Um, it's, it's, I, well, I can, I can tell the story now because, you know, the, <laughs> the, the people involved have not only moved on, but passed on. But, um, in the early days of the radio show, you know, I had to do all my own fundraising. I was, I was right. to, to distribute the show. And so, because the KMFA, the station where I was producing the show, was a nonprofit, um, I would have to go to their development people and get permission to raise money. You know, I want to talk to so and so. And I'd say, no, don't talk to them because we want to talk to them about our children's programming. Okay okay well i know they're my show so yeah i know but don't talk to them i said okay <laughs> so i would have to do all my fundraising basically outside of town which is oh, really gosh. hard but i did it you know i got funding from uh in the early early days from mel bay and from Diderio. oh fantastic and um you know Diderio's in new york and you know god right. bless you know you know you know john Diderio jr um um, they, they were our big sponsors for like the first seven years. And at one point, I think it was in, yeah, it was in 2002, um, you know, they were kind of steadily increasing the funding. And I remember one year they gave us a grant for $25,000, which wow, at that point, uh, the radio station, they had never received a single donation at large. Right, And they've got full-time development people. And here I am, part time guitar <laughs> boy. Making a few calls. Yeah. So anyway, it was kind of like the eye of Sauron finally kind of focused on me. And, you know, the head of the radio station, the general manager, uh, who I won't name, but he's since passed on. But he actually tried to get me to sign a document saying I was relinquishing intellectual property rights to my show. Wow. Yeah, and um, and all this stuff. And luckily, I had a guitar student who was uh, an entertainment lawyer.
0: <laughs> there you go. <laughs>
1: yeah, he actually represented <laughs> more me unintended guitar.
0: consequences. I know. Oh
1: my god! I gosh. am so freaking lucky. I. I will say this about myself: I am extraordinarily lucky. <laughs> well, I, you know, I think
0: I think part of it is you you position yourself to take advantage of the opportunities when
1: they arise, right? I mean, it. I didn't you know he was don't... a lawyer when he. Talked... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say, "Hey, I need an entertainment lawyer." <laughs> you know, it just turned out, you know, he yeah. he represented successfully, like one of Eric Clapton's songwriters in a wow. copyright. Uh, case and won amazing um, so so he's he said he said i'll handle it <laughs> and, and he did and he did wow and uh, so basically after that you know we kind of came to a compromise you know they're going to keep this amount of money you're going to keep basically we said okay we're going to cut the money you're going to pay for these expenses for satellite stuff. And then we're going to cut this money in half and you get half and we get half. And I said, okay. And then the, uh, a friend of mine who's development person there said, took me aside and said, Hey, the writing's on the wall, dude, you need to set up your own nonprofit or else you're going to end up with nothing. That's just how it is. And I was like, you're right. So, so I did that. did
0: did you have any experience with that kind of thing before then or none whatsoever
1: none whatsoever right i took a um a non uh um my my student kind of helped me with you know some of the legal stuff and um and then i took this you know nonprofit class and that that helped a lot um and then i asked my uh one of my guitar students if he if he would be the president of my board and he said yes and he's still my president fantastic Um, and that and that was a total i totally loved that too because you know i didn't know at that time at at the time but he's like a retired executive at dell computers i was like like exactly got, the type of person that some yes, people like us need I, to be yeah, Char, <laughs> charlie's a genius charlie's a genius he will he will deny it he will deny it because he's so humble but he's a genius so um i swear i'm so freaking lucky so he helped me you know You know, like doing long-range strategic planning and stuff. Is like, what's that? You know, (laughs) I've heard of these things. (laughs) Yeah, and and he's like, you need to you need to learn QuickBooks nonprofit. I said, okay, so. I've learned to do that. Wow! All that stuff. So, so you have you have a board,
0: yeah. And uh, in in terms of like all of the grunt work and and just you know doing down in the trenches, is that all you? Do you have any staff at all, or Uh, does the radio station provide you with any administrative support?
1: No. Um. Well, the I used to pay the radio station. You know, before I set up the, even after, I was paying them for office space and studio time. And then it's like, well, why am I paying them for office space? I can do this at home. Right. And why am I paying them for studio time? Because I can do this all at home. So, and then it was like, why am I paying NPR $10,000 a year when it's all web-based? It's like, I can pay NPR $10,000 a year, or I can pay PRX $50 per year. It's like, hmm. $10,000 Ten thousand oh, dollars a year? Oh my god. Fifty. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So the thing was when uh, this American huh. Life switched right. from NPR distribution to PRX. Yeah. That's when everybody's like everybody, all the independent producers jump ship. I was actually oh late. Gosh. I was like one of the late people. I play, I paid I paid that stupid money too long. So <laughs> I could have saved myself fifteen thousand. So yeah. So in 2015, I got, I got a $15,000 raise. So I was like, yeah, <laughs> uh, it was great. Wow. Actually wow, more crazy. than that because I wasn't paying the radio station sure, for sure. Studio, studio time. So that yeah. year actually got even better than that. So. Right. And how, so, how many shows a year do you do? Uh, well, it's a weekly show. So 52.
0: You, you so, do one every week. You don't repeat anything.
1: Well, in the old days, I would repeat them, um, and there's some like holiday shows I'll repeat. Okay. But actually, now since I've been producing the show at home, I'm I'm trying to do a new one every week. But also, when I've been doing it at home, I realized it takes almost as much effort to produce two new shows as it does one. Okay. So it's so like I'll start two folders up. because you know because of the timing, it's like, well. I don't need to have two baroque guitar concertos in the same in the same show. I can put them in two episodes, or or one baroque suite. I don't need to have two baroque suites sure. in the same. Sure. Sure. So because I try to vary it by time period and instrumentation, you know, like solo piece, you know, guitar concerto, a chamber piece. Yeah. You know, guitar duo or trio or quartet and have lute you know baroque sure baroque guitar theorbo, whatever right. so that it's always a sonic you know human ears cray variety yep Absolutely. so i try to vary it with like every piece yeah and also are. have a flow like have a you know yeah like here's the secret to my show it's like i divide in the middle i follow i follow as much as i can the golden mean about 66
0: uh-huh sure. through the show That's where the meat. There's
1: there's a little break, of a like a kind of palate cleanser, short piece. Uh I will have a couple of a little short piece at the beginning, a short piece full of energy at the end. I'll have kind of a big piece right after the short piece at the beginning. It's like putting together a concert program. Exactly, exactly, exact same thing. Yeah, exactly, hundred percent
0: amazing yeah. yeah i i, I know, know I, I i i hate to uh to confess but I, I i haven't listened to the show that much just because i do, i don't listen to anything ever but um yeah. from time to know, time that's like, the thing musicians don't i know yeah. it's amazing had... like people it's ask me words. oh what kind of music do you live listen to and i'm like i don't because i listen to long. i listen to silence
1: i listen to my students and yep. i enjoy my silence yeah and i practice and then I listen to something that's not guitar.
0: Ex- yes. It's <laughs> yeah. yep. amazing. But yeah. I, I have to say though, I, I've 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 caught the show because we we broadcast it here on WOSU, and it's 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 great. Yeah. Um And I've really I've enjoyed what I've heard of it. I really really enjoyed. It. I think well, it's, it's, it's yeah. interesting. Is do you know of anybody else that's doing? Like I mean, we used to have a local show here uh-huh. that was really good. Um, and actually, one uh john Rittmeyer, he was a local uh, local dj here actually the okay, yeah, guitarist too yeah so I don't, he's been I very supportive of him. the guitar society um, yeah, um and a little, little bit different focus from what you're doing uh-huh. but you know it was, it was a very enjoyable show but i think I, I don't know what happened there was some transition at the at the station and uh-huh. um you know his his, his well, show can was be really tired and later dude. we picked pictures up so yeah, yeah i don't know if it was his decision so much and it was it wasn't like exactly at the same time it wasn't like his yeah. show disappeared and you know yours years yeah. came out it was there was there's was some lag in there but oh,
1: um, well, yeah, and- yeah
0: just it did i don't i don't know of any other you know guitar focused radio show. Well, there's there some like there's
1: some local ones um in fact when i was first doing the show when i was thinking i was thinking you know there needs to be a nationally broadcast guitar right. show and I did some research, you know, I think it's back in, you know, I started at 93 and I think is 1995, I realized there wasn't a nationally broadcast guitar show and I thought, and then I was like, holy crap, I've gotta do this. Yeah. And because I felt like I know someone is gonna do it and it yeah. needs to be me. Right, <laughs> I had I had a, I had a
0: similar experience. Um, I thought that a 24 hour cheerleading cable network television, uh, oh that's a great idea yeah it, I, that but i never i never followed through with it so i've watched that <laughs> I, I i'm a great idea man i don't actually like do anything but i'm a great idea <laughs> <man>. <laughs> you
1: know so, I, you, these you, things are good because you never know you you know I, i'm an idea guy too and now i'm just trying to focus on uh fewer ideas more implementation yeah
0: so. sure but yeah it's 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 hard to balance though too like i mean yeah. we, like what we were talking about earlier you just you, you get out of bed in the morning you got to do something like okay well i think i haven't done this yet so yeah try this you know do a podcast <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um and you've got you've also so you've got the the american classic going on yeah you've got your, your radio show you've got the music and medicine program so and then there's this marfa ghost story thing
1: yeah okay what well is, now what is that uh, well um it actually started with a different well that's that's a movie that um it's a movie script that i wrote a few years ago um and a friend of mine who's a film composer a good friend of mine he actually started as one of my drumming students he's a Oh, my gosh. great uh, Slade Hart. Um, he's also a guitarist. He's, he's also like a, you know, astronomy student. He's a, kind of a polymath, kind of good at a lot of things. He actually, I was in a Just for Fun rock band with him a few years ago. I was the drummer, and he was the bass player. And then Mark Cruz was the guitarist, the guy I played with. Yeah. You know, uh, And we had actually this really great early music singer who she's kind of Semi-famous in the early music world, uh, Meredith <laughs> Raduski as the singer. So it's Amazing. like we have, it's like we have this rock band of all, you know, classically trained musicians <laughs> playing on different instruments.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. I love it. I love but it. But
1: anyway, so, but um, anyway, I, I, um, I, this this second screenplay I wrote, uh, Marfa Ghost Stories. It's all um ghost stories told around a campfire out in west texas and you kind of see each one and then there's uh the the story around the campfire is itself a ghost story oh and my god it kind of ties up at the end there's a surprise ending and all this so anyway um my friend slade and i he's we're gonna do he did the music for the trailer and he's so he and i put put some money together to shoot uh, a trailer, a pre-production trailer. He, uh, Slade put up most of it. He put, up like 90% of it. I, it cost $10,000. He put up nine. I put in a thousand. Then after we shot it and then we're in production, there was some more, I think after that I put like an additional 3000, you know, totally as basically a totally speculative project. Okay. Um, you know we got we used the same crew we used for the american classic shoot yeah and we used some of the same people um in fact the violinist who's in the american classic thing she's also an actor actress actor actress i forget what's politically correct i think think we're supposed to call everybody actors now yeah whatever (laughs) i don't give i couldn't (laughs) bother with that um but anyway so she, she's actually she's a good actress. It's, so she's in, in that also. Um, and, uh, so, and so we shot this thing. And then actually, the beginning of this year, I was in Martha visiting some friends. And I went out to dinner with, with some friends. And I showed this, tra- this trailer to a friend of mine. Uh, this guy who's visiting and he he said, well, how how much would that cost to make that movie? And I said, bare bones budget uh, with no stars, but being able to do the special effects and stunts and everything, real equipment, real people, about $300,000. He said, okay, I'll do it. Oh my God.
0: There you go again, you know, there's... I know,
1: I'm so (laughs) freaking lucky. I'm I'm outrageously lucky. That's fantastic. Oh my God. So anyway so that's why that's another reason why i have to finish the american classic right. pilot because i do that and then we promote that and then i'm i'm gonna take you know it, you know it's really so
0: hard this, this to, is going to be like a full-length feature film yeah 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 oh my gosh wow yeah
1: i, I don't know how the distri- distribution is going to do yet if it's just going to be online like sure. like or something which that actually is huge business thing. now yeah you know? yeah yeah
0: um, yeah, I'm sure it. you'll find some connections.
1: <laughs> um, well, I, this is well, speaking of connections, um, I swear, man, I have the craziest luck. You know, uh, the reason I got in the Marfa ghost stories thing, I don't know. Did you hear about the Mongoree movie? Right. I was going to ask you about that yeah, next. Yeah. 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 Well, that, that actually and, started as an outgrowth of that. Um,
0: and you would, you would go into Paraguay, right? I mean, yeah. is that where, how that all
1: started? Yeah.
0: this is Carl Wolwind of Columbus Classical Guitar thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Guitar on My podcast for more information and past episodes please visit ColumbusClassicalGuitar.com or Carl Wolwind guitarist on
1: Facebook